0: Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering podcast produced by Tell Me Studios for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm Fraser McGrew and I'm here with Peter Coghill, Nick Hare and Chris Ragg of Aleph Insights and this week we're discussing if there's any point in having an election if you already know what the result will be.
1: So, Nick, answer the question for us. I think this is probably uh, what why we're talking about it, really, is that we've got an election in a couple of weeks. I mean, what is it, 15 days' time or something? Um, so we've got... Uh, there's going to be a general election in the UK. We're going to vote for, uh, essentially, the Prime Minister and the governing party. Um, it, it's not, obviously, quite how it works. You vote for your MPs, and then the, the MPs, uh, you know, the, the, essentially decide those things. Um, But anyway, uh, it's looking at the moment, if you look at the opinion polls, like Jeremy Corbyn and his Labour Party are going to do quite badly. And obviously, traditionally in the UK, we've had two parties and we've had they've been different two parties throughout the years. But we've more or less always had two parties. And um, that that has uh, changed a bit recently with um, with the Liberal Democrats and the Scottish Nationalists and um uh, but but the uh anyway the so i think the conservatives at the moment are have got you know there are 10 something like 10 or 20 points ahead in the opinion polls um so uh yeah i mean it's looking like it should be a shoe in for the tories um so the question is why do we why do we why go through the palaver of having an election is, is what you're saying that's right yeah i don't uh, i mean i don't really understand the question you uh, <laughs> we'll does anyone here understand
2: the question so who does understand the question i i think i think it was sort of provocatively put that uh you know if if it's if it's a foregone conclusion um who who is going to who is going to form the next government um do do you do you need to go through the inconvenience of a, a of a of an election why why do we why do we have an election um, what what's the what's the purpose of it?
0: Yeah, and also especially as the the party that we think is going to win is already in power, um, and also I think I don't think we're actually huge fans of elections in the UK. Oh
1: come on! I, I don't. I mean, look,
0: really, I love elections. Well, you yeah. might love it. Love yeah. voting. I love, voting. I love
1: watching the TV coverage. Every, elections just brilliant. Well, it's better than Grand National.
0: Well, I mean, that's maybe
1: yeah. on the day itself or the night before,
0: but
3: I mean... There is was, there was, there was a lot of people who don't share There's a lot view. of election uh, fatigue around. We've had a yeah. few votes. You don't like also, it, go and live in a dictatorship There somehow. is also... They are also costly. Um, I, I, I think the cost of an election runs into the tens of millions of pounds just for the administration That's cheap as chips, not costly. Uh, but, 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 and that's before all of the parties are spending money on campaigning and canvassing
2: etc and of course government shuts down effectively and, for... and
3: government shuts down so yeah another benefit key, key government functions are a lot of them are put on hold so um whereas there's a normal discourse between business and the individual citizen and parts of government that shuts down because the governments can't discuss various areas of policy uh and um it, it an election is very disruptive in 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 the, in the work of government
0: um, I just want to interject with something for a moment. a uh, slightly off, off uh, subject here. But usually when we do these um, is we all have fixed microphones. Okay. Um, and at the moment, Nick's got a microphone that's not fixed, which he can wield in his hand. Um, and i don 't know if that 's a good idea, actually, because he seems to interrupt more and he seems to like sort of wielding it and sort of at any chosen moment he doesn't he doesn 't have to move his head forward yeah. all he has to do is move his arm up, and so i just don 't know if it 's a good combination i
3: think i i 'm in fear of my life with this wielded microphone
0: yeah I think i 'm gonna have to give you a different microphone in the future, Nick see me not saying anything just to prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so um, is there any point in elect- having an election? Look, so obviously we're asking this provocatively. There are various reasons one- why one might have. But, hey, I mean what about this so the point of an election isn't necessarily it's not a binary thing it's not necessarily this person gets into power or not it's about other stuff as well right yeah. uh, which is arguably actually why this election has been called because it's about having a, a larger mandate and a greater number of people a greater number of uh, yeah. uh, 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 elected representatives so
2: let's let's move it on who wants to sort of yeah um... okay so so there are, there are two questions we still haven't escaped the, the fact uh, uh, or we still haven't addressed the issue of whether or not the, the outcome is a foregone conclusion, um, and the uncertainty that surrounds surrounds that. So there's one. There's a question about that, uh, which is you know what we have seen uh, recent discrepancies between polling and uh, election outcomes. You know our, our last general election two years ago uh, went against uh, went against the um, uh, the direction the polling suggested it was going in. So there's first of all. That slight formality of actually determining whether more people want somebody to to be uh, the prime minister or not, um, but secondary to that. There's so well, there...
0: let's come back onto the second point in a moment. So the first thing is, of course, you've got to have an election because there's no such thing as a foregone conclusion. You never know until whether something has it will happen until it actually happens. But also yeah.
1: specific, I mean, just it's boring. But I mean, specifically in the UK uh we are not just trying to choose a prime minister, you're choosing your local MP and there's much more uncertainty about that uh for a lot of seats. You know, we don't actually know it could go either way. So yeah. you know yeah. so we, we you're yeah. So that's that's so there's another reason. That you yeah. yeah we have we yeah exactly. That. But that
2: then raises the question, you know, for places where somebody's got a thumping majority of, of twenty thousand yeah. uh what and it certainly feels as a voter when you when you vote in those constituencies, you you get this sense of this is this is a slightly futile exercise because everybody knows the outcome. So from a voter's perspective, you know it feels like a foregone conclusion and a, for, a formality. So and actually, yeah, I'm with Chris on this one because you, you
0: use the argument of of you know your local constituency. And where I live, you know, if you get if you've got a rabid donkey and put a blue rosette on it, it would still get elected. So it, it does feel fairly pointless where I am, um so that, yeah that is a fair description of your m p to be fair, <laughs> anyway, so we were getting on to the secondary point then, I interrupted you, Chris
2: uh yeah, no, so I was just going to say that there are as Nick was um uh, alluding to, uh, there are obviously different different categories of of win, so you know quite aside from who forms the government the uh the extent to which they are able to govern securely or um or uh manage their own party then the nature of the government uh is determined by how large their majority of if it's slim then they may struggle to get through they only need a few dissenters within their own party and they aren't able to get key key legislation through if it is large uh they're much more likely to um have the leeway to to balance different different factions within their party and drive legislation through because they don't need every yep. single member of their party to to vote vote with them and that's why this election was nominally called was to uh, uh you know the the uh the conservative party had a small majority and they feel with the brexit negotiations coming up they need a larger majority so this election is about determining Arguably, is about determining the size of that majority and how free a ride they uh, they get.
3: And likewise, the the Her Majesty's loyal opposition, how how fragmented and effective they are, uh, is is tested during a general election. So at the moment, it's all quite fragmented. The Labour, the Liberals, uh, are are suffering, and the. SNP and other parties are gaining are recently gained quite a lot of seats but that that's all under test again to see see mm. what where the support lies for the opposition.
1: Yeah, I mean I actually think this is going to be one of the most uncertain elections we've had for a while. I'm, that's why I'm particularly looking forward to it. I I don't think really we we know and I I I found myself personally uh, the most uncertain this election about what I'm actually going to vote for uh, than I can remember which which sort of uh, you know times that by everyone else in britain and i i don't know i couldn't i couldn't call it everyone seems very confident that the Tories are going to win comfortably i'm i'm not so sure Hmm. um you know i think um i think there's a lot of uh, there's still another two weeks for weird stuff to happen and weird stuff has already sort of got us where we are it was Brexit was weird stuff, and Jeremy Corbyn was that was weird, you know, and so unexpected Theresa May is happen. pretty weird as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the fact that we're where we are uh, is the result of a lot of uh, surprising things that have happened. So I don't, this election is going to be,
2: it's going to be fun. And I, I think fundamentally, uh, people people are analyzing the election as if it is as as if the um, bounds of possibility sort of uh stretch from you know a a conservative majority of one to a conservative majority of 150 or something and and that's so so they're making all their judgment as if that is the um the the sort of space of possible worlds that could exist after after the next general election and almost entirely discounting uh the the fact that there are another set of uh, possible worlds which exist where they have no majority and in fact you know another another party has a, a majority or a coalition of other parties have have a majority um and uh you know while it while it is improbable that uh, uh, the labor party or jeremy corbyn becomes the pri- prime minister following the general election it's certainly not implausible um so i think you know factoring that that sort of probability space into people's analysis is something that's not being done at the moment.
0: Okay, so look, let's take stock. So the question was what is there any point in holding a, an election if you if the if we already know the outcome and the answer is yes because actually one how certain really are we about the o- outcome and two um it's not just about whether mm. it's about who wins, it's about the manner of that victory as well, okay? Um we're 10 11 minutes in okay so where do we go from here we're halfway through our podcast well
1: i i um why do we have elections at all i mean i i was wondering you know what is it that we what what constitutes the right approach with with an election what how do we know we're getting it right so at the moment we take we we do uh have an election every five years unless by exception like this one you know they, they they decide to have a sort of uh, have a, have an election, um, which for which I think they need to get pass a vote in Parliament or something. Yeah, two third the, two, yeah. two yeah, third majority. So they to, they can't. Election, so basically, we got yeah. one every five years by default. Um, it, why? What is it about five years? That seems about right. Uh, if it is about right, should we have them every every week? Or you know, should we actually continually? Perhaps we could continually uh, gather data about ha- how happy people are, e.g. from a mobile phone app and you know the minute people are fed up with the government they get chucked out that's uh, the italian all... system isn't it <laughs> do they <laughs> 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 and, uh, and and so i think you know there, there's I, I don't know i i feel like we've got this uh, electoral technology which is based on um the prevailing conditions roughly 150 years ago um and the prevailing technology then and and we have we we're not rethinking it um you know and, and we know given that we know that people's opinions do change uh, often quite a lot over a short space of time um you know why do we have an election which is sort of one moment in time rather than you know perhaps getting people to uh, to vote you know uh, every week for 3 weeks and then averaging the results or something i mean there's there's lots of ways you could do it uh, I, I don't know if there's any particular logic for the way that we happen to do it. Well, well I think,
3: I mean, it, you, you you say it's old technology, uh, the the paper ballot, but uh, it's it's actually a significant technical challenge to to digitize that in a in a way that's robust. At least with you know with a physical with a physical ballot paper, it's it's possible to. Uh, duplicate or manipulate, but to do it at scale is incredibly difficult. Uh, whereas with uh, electronic voting, it's um, considerably easier to to lose or to to adjust or to manipulate results.
1: Like we, we could have a system where every um every week one constituency votes for its MP, and you get a kind of rolling. Uh, change in the parliamentary mm. makeup without there being without there being a one big one big one big election. I'm talking myself into this. I think that's quite a fun idea, actually. Well, it also actually it would this... means every sort of six years, you'd have you, everyone would have been uh, you, you'd have effectively had one big general election uh, over the course yeah. of six years.
2: But it, it essentially means that you can pass judgment or you you can give a clear indicator to the governing party of how things are going so it is a feedback mechanism whereas Mm. at the moment obviously we have polling but you know that's that's not quite the same as as um you know being right at the the more opportunity
3: more opportunity to give direct feedback and to to, uh, rail against particular policies but they i mean america also elects more of their um sort of um, officials so police yeah, like the police and, and the fire chief and yeah. things like that so on uh, devolved democracy devolved to very specific parts of policy
0: yeah i mean okay so i think that's an interesting question because i like nick's point about you know sort of we, that it all happens in one bang you know what about if it was spread out and i think that's really interesting i can't ever see that happening but i do think it was a good way of doing things or an interesting concept but one of the questions is is yeah is there too can you have too much democracy or too many elections mm-hmm. because yeah when i look at the american system where i don't really think it's my i i it just seems to me really odd voting in, voting for your police chief you know that it becomes well, we, very. we political. do the same now
2: and if you look at the if you look at the mayoral elections which you know are our new system of elected mayors where we've had uh you know Various parts of the country now have um, elected mayors. Uh, the turnout in some of those elections was lower than 25 percent. So clearly the electorates can't really see the point of of being asked um, about those
1: positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, everything about the United, the US uh, voting system is is bonkers. I mean, I, it's totally baffling. I, I I think it's it's great fun. But, uh, you know, for everything from down to their you know i think peter referred to the sort of electronic voting and they have they have a lot of elect a lot more well they've got electronic voting in some places and, and then they have those weird punch cards remember the hanging, hanging, chairs, chairs. hanging and, chairs. And, and, <laughs> why what's wrong with the, just a bit of paper which you put a cross into it's the easiest method of doing it it seems like actually it's just massively complicating things by
3: having these well that, i mean that's that's an interesting point a lot of a lot of uh, activists make that point that some some electorals, some of the mecha- mechanics of the uh, casting a vote are deliberately made difficult or obtuse or complicated to try to exclude certain people from voting
1: stupid people
3: well stupid people yeah or or
1: uneducated people i mean i think you know we put a little bit of a hurdle in front of voting we we uh, you have to go to the go to the polling station and cast your vote this apparently is enough of a pain in the bum that we still have a sizeable, uh, you know let's say a third or so of the population not willing to do it um and you know i i think that's fine i don't know why um people get worked up about voter apathy i think you know if you mm. if you're apathetic enough to not be bothered to vote i'm glad that your opinion isn't being reflected in the makeup of parliament yeah. because it's you're clearly not uh you well, know, not uh, you're, notwithstanding
3: that people actually actively choose not to vote
1: yeah. Uh, yes. Or no? Because I think if people who spoil their ballot paper, that's fine. If you you physically going to the polling booth and then scribbling on, scribbling a you know um, a, a rude doodle onto your onto your <laughs> uh, ballot paper is fine. I think you're making the effort. You're actually consciously choosing to say mm. oh, I don't support any of these parties. Um, but that's not there. I mean, people who don't vote, fine. I, I don't want them to go and vote. If you're not going to vote, I can't be bothered to get you out of you know you're not going to invest effort in trying to get these people who don't really care to mm. go and vote because that's just going to introduce noise into the system isn't it
0: also i mean something again this question of you know how much do we want to vote for is you know having a second body so having a second camera to your to your um to your representatives like most countries do and indeed in the uk we do but our second uh, our other house of parliament uh, we don't vote for
1: um and um i know you well we just we do but very very indirectly in the sense that the parties in the house Mm. of commons which we do vote for choose the people who go into the house of lords yeah Um,
0: and i think they've there's a kind of a status quo on that at the moment that that doesn't doesn't seem to be too contentious
1: no i i think it's a great system i think it's really uh good that they don't have to worry about being re-elected. I mean, that's a really important mm. thing. They get yeah. a sinecure. They're Consider- in they're, there.
3: They're, they're, they're designed to provide continuity. So. Yeah, you
1: have no means of getting rid of them if they're rubbish. uh You know, uh, it's, but 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 uh, but you know that that doesn't. I think the benefits of having having people who don't worry about getting elected is is really really good actually. And uh, you know, the House of Lords knows its place it doesn't try it doesn't push things too hard and you know I think um that's why I suspect there's no there's no great pressure to change because we just end up with another House of Commons then, yeah. and we, one is enough
0: but it's that i think whats i i i pretty i think I agree with you I think what what's nice is you know a, a a phrase that's commonly said is you know the, the people who end up in power are the ones that are least likely to, to be trusted with that pirate, or, or you know or have got the worst kind of what's the word i'm looking for um
1: well i think this was plato's argument wasn't it that the that the problem is if you have cut some sort of democracy then you'll what you'll vote for what you'll end up voting for is politicians and politicians are the worst people to govern you know and and i think he was in favor of compulsory service almost i think i mm. as i recall that you mm. you kind of it's basically a turn-based system. It's your go to be, mm. you know, an MP this week, uh, like which, the lottery
2: uh, of uh, Babel.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would be. they kind of fun, I think. Um, another, another interesting way of doing it, you know, like jury service. Mm. You, you have to take a year to be an MP. Um, now you're talking. I quite like the idea of that. Cause... I mean, it would be catastrophic, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you look at the kinds of decisions juries make, and then multiply that by the by give them the reins of power for an yeah, entire country. Give them the defense budget. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay um right We're, we'll stop there um i think we've definitively answered that we took we went to town on that one we sorted it out we've got our answers to our questions so. oh but
1: no we haven't made a prediction about the election though
0: okay let's make a prediction yeah. let's have a certainty on give yourself a
2: probability a, what, a, what about a size of the majority
3: yeah. So, or, what's the majority at the moment? So like, is it about ten people or something?
2: It's sixteen, I think. Is it
0: okay?
3: Yeah, I think the Conservatives improve maybe up maybe fifty, but not a huge, uh, huge majority. Um, and I, 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 so I put their win at seventy um, percent, maybe, maybe seven, let's say seventy-five. You mean? But I
1: mean for a majority.
3: For, no, that that, that, that they that's,
1: get their a that's their yeah. chance yeah, of win. Yeah, yeah. So that they get an absolute majority. Yes. Yeah. All right.
3: Um, and the majority will be around 50 so not as strong as they hope Um, but I think what's going to be interesting is in other areas so I think the SNP might lose some of their seats that they won in the last election Uh, and rather than losing it back to Labour I think there might be some interesting results for the Conservatives um, getting back into Scotland. Okay Nick?
1: yeah i i, I actually I, i'm about the same as peter for a win and i think that's low uh 75 is probably lower than most people would would put on a tory victory if you look at the polls but i think the um Uh, I I think people are just uh, discounting weirdness. You know, this is it's been a very weird couple of years. And uh, I think this is going to be a weird election. Some weird stuff will happen. And I I think, you know, people are writing off Jeremy Corbyn a a bit. And that's dangerous to do that. You look at what's happened to him, you know, where he's come from. And uh, I I think, you know, I think we could um, we could could be just one or two interesting revelations or a Tory cock up from from a uh, from you know from him doing pretty well uh, I think him winning is probably unlikely but um, but it, you know I think people are people are probably being acting like the it's a foregone conclusion I don't think it is
2: um, so I did I... Some sort of research into the size of majorities since in the post war period in this in this country, the average majority uh, is um, has been about sixty five but of course that has fluctuated more or less evenly between uh labor and the conservatives so in real terms the the sort of average size of majority is is kind of zero so that's that's quite that 's quite interesting um, labor majorities tend to be much more um uh, sort of volatile so when they have governed uh, they have had anything from um when they formed the government uh minus thirty three uh so a, a minority government through to uh, 179 whereas the tories have tended to be a bit more stable with their majorities between 16 strong and stable strong and stable quite yes uh between 16 and 144 but the average size of um a tory majority has been about uh, about 60 so in t- on, on occasions when the tories have won uh on average they've had about 60 seats so i i think We obviously don't know the Tories are going to win, so I think you know. Funnily enough, their their predictions of about you know a majority of around fifty or or sixty is is you know is about um, sounds about about right. Uh, I'm not going to make a prediction
0: because um, not because I've learned from past mistakes when I've made (laughs) predictions, Um, but one I don't think I've got anything sensible to add beyond what you three have just said and second i kind of just cannot
3: be bothered i just i just i've got better it's the, things to be it's doing the Fraser but... thing of oh it's all too complicated yeah yeah
2: it is it presumably is, I... you're one of those people uh who nick despises who won't be going won't be going to vote i know i will vote i definitely will vote um
0: but i just i don't want to devote any more of my brain power to this than i already have and you know i've got other things i've got other more important things to think about will the rabid donkey be getting your vote though <laughs>
2: that's the question we want to know
0: there's always a good chance that a rabid donkey will get my vote so, <laughs> so yeah okay gentlemen thank you very much I'm Fraser McGrew we've been here with Chris Ragg Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights you've been listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast thanks and until next time goodbye <laughs>